Hey now. Hey now. Uh, that's it. Elimination has occurred, everybody. Time to pack it up. Go home. Well, welcome in to an After Dark Takeover here with the Pucknologist, the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored commercial free sharks podcast here on Teal Town USA. This time we got four games to talk about. Sharks are officially eliminated. They have now lost 10 straight. The last time they did this was before Joe Thornton was acquired. Let that sink in. Just let it sink in. While you're doing that, remember to subscribe to us on our social media channels. And if you'd like to help support any of the content we deliver, you can do that using the Super Chat option during the live shows or hit us up on Venmo at Teal Town USA. So with that, uh, before we get into every little thing here with the takeover and whatnot, uh, I do have something to say at the top of the show here. Uh, I need to apologize to Brett Hedekin. Uh, in a poorly executed effort to be funny, uh, I made a gag about the whole drinking game thing for the last couple shows, and it is not f- fair for me to poke fun at people that aren't here to get their shots in at me. Uh, Jerk takes all the shots he can, and most of them hit pretty hard. Uh, but I try to be edgy and funny in an effort to entertain people. Uh, that are nice enough to listen to us on here, and sometimes those efforts are misguided and they miss the target. So, Hedekin is welcome to join us and carve me up for how much I suck, uh, how often I say the words, to be fair, or not going to lie, or any of the other phrases that I uh, continually overuse. Uh, but I was hypocritical and not taking my own words to heart, which were, you know, look, if you like something, support it. And if you don't, just move on to something you do like because there's no need to tear down anyone that's putting their best effort in. So that's on me. We need less trolls, not more, and I'm certainly not here to troll anyone. And that said, I still want to offer honest opinions here and not sugarcoat things. A lot of listeners, whether it has been in survey responses or YouTube comments, uh, iTunes reviews, whatever, they've overwhelmingly said that they appreciate that we're honest on here and it's a large part of why they listen, but I can be more tactful in my efforts with the infotainment portion, if you will. So all I can say is Hedekin, I'm sorry. And I'm going to try to be better at this. Uh, Lord knows I need the reps. Clearly. I clearly need the reps. Uh, jerk. Do you, can you use some reps? Are you good? Uh, no, see, here's the difference between you and I is I was, I was born perfect. And so I, I never do anything wrong. Damn. <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> what 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 I'm That must be a millennial out, thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I left out is that there's an asterisk next to the word perfect, but we don't need to get into that. <laughs> I can imagine it's a very long footnote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, as long as, you know, probably the entire rundown for today's show. Oh, there you go. So... Anyway, uh, let's get into it. This is an After Dark Takeover. Usually, if you're aware, we cover all the games starting with the last one, but with the Takeover, we start with the newest one. 
And uh, the series, well, what can I tell you? The Sharks go 1-1-1 one, one one versus Minnesota this season. They just lost in overtime. And here's Hockey Jerk to tell you what a mistake it is to start Nieto in overtime. <laughs> Dude, okay. Now, I know, and and, and obviously the uh, um, the media call, I'm assuming, has not started yet. Or maybe it's just started right now. And I'm sure we're going to hear Bob talk about how defensively responsible Nieto is and he can skate really well. And those are true things. But you don't win in overtime by blocking shots. And now twice this has, this has been the uh, – twice we've seen this now where Nieto starts in overtime. Uh, again, good players, good skater, defense, all that kind of stuff. Not really known for scoring the goals. And twice the Sharks have lost – uh, pretty quickly in overtime without even getting a touch of the puck. You know, there was the the game against Edmonton with the epic Mike Smith primary assist, uh, and then obviously tonight's game. So I think what I'm trying to say is when you're in a situation where you need a goal, put guys out there who are known for scoring goals. <laughs> what do I know? Right? You're, you're here. So, yeah, what do you know? <laughs> So this one goes, what? We got Bortolo's NHL debut. Uh, How good was he, dude? Dude. Ramenda made note of it. And what was funny is he made note of it right when I was watching. I'm like, Jesus Christ, he's just looking everywhere. He's like, okay, that guy's there. This guy's here. You know, like I got got my guy. I got this guy over here too in case he decides to get a little greasy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I thought, you know, that chance um, where it was – by the way, off of a sweet pass from Noah Gregor, that chance in the third period, you could tell right before he gets the, uh, you know, gets the puck on his stick, he's flipping the head around. Okay, I got a guy who's kind of trailing me right now. I'm gonna let me adjust, put myself in a position to get this puck, and it was a good chance. You know, it, it you know, it. Uh, I don't think it was really in danger of going in per se, but it definitely had Flurry kind of sharpen up and 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 focus on what was going on. So I, I mean, for an NHL debut, when you know, it, it's. It's nice that the Sharks have like this prospect that everybody's been talking about and everybody's been really hyped over. And, you know, that's not to say that he's the future captain of the Sharks and he'll be here for 20 years and all this stuff. But, you know, in terms of making a good first impression, I think he did that. His second good first impression in this week. I mean, Absolutely. wasn't that long ago he debuted with the Barracuda. <laughs> Same week? Yeah, that's amazing. Kid has had one hell of a last two weeks. No doubt. So, uh, Kakinen, for whatever reason, doesn't play against his former team. I was a little surprised by that, but I guess uh, Bob wanted to give Reimer a little more rest and threw Kakinen in last night against Dallas, whatever. But a Meyer turnover, and you got Kulikov putting it through traffic. That makes it one nothing. And then a minute later, Spurgeon uh, gets a ramping shot. You can't fault Reimer for that, but it's 2 nothing. And I say, you know what? Credit to the Sharks for fighting back after being down 2 nothing early. Totally, totally. This, the, both teams now were in the second game of back-to-backs. And if I remember correctly, Wild went to overtime last night as well. Does that ring a bell? I feel uh, like. That sounds right. Quick fact-checked here. Yeah, they lost in overtime 6-5 to the Blues. Yeah, so, you know, both teams coming in on a back-to-back, flying into Minnesota. So this is one of those games, Jerk, that I think we've referenced before where you don't see this from this team a year ago, maybe the year before that when Jones is in there and once 
they give a, they get down two goals early. They're like, okay, where, where, someone pass me my white flag. Yeah, this was something, this kind of ability to battle back, so to speak. This was something that we saw a lot the last time the Sharks were in the playoffs. And this recent sort of uh, non-fun period of time, if you will, uh, has, has seen that lost, you know, how many times, especially last year. Um, and it's, I, I still kind of think it's hard to judge last year because of the circumstances, but at the same time, so many games last year, it's two to zero going into the first intermission and you could turn the TV off cause you knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And this year there's not, there's, I mean, there is a lot of that. Don't get me wrong, but there are a lot of games where the sharks have battled back or they've made it close or at the very least they've shown that they're not, you know, totally dead in things you know what i mean they they may lose and they may look bad but they got a pulse you know what i mean yeah you might not you can't say the same for last year yeah you might not like the lines some of the times that bugner deploys all the time yeah or all the time (laughs) depending on your take but you have to at least credit the guy that having this team still playing like this when they're officially eliminated like there's literally nothing to play for well and how much do we talk about like your team, you know, the team sucks. You're not going to the playoffs. You're on a bad losing streak. Like we've talked about this many times before. It's easy to get discouraged. Oh, well, there's seven games left in the season. Nothing we're doing is right. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to do what I need to do just to get to the cottage. But the Sharks through, I don't want to say through entire 60 minute segments, but in, in bunches throughout this 10 game winless streak, uh, have shown some fight. They've showed some some competitiveness, despite the fact that they literally have nothing to play for. And I think whatever you want to say about the team, the coaching, like it's good. Like it shows you've got good roots. You have a good foundation when you know you're playing like you are going to the playoffs. Like every game does matter, even though they really don't. <laughs> well, it's it makes is is Bugner making his case to if he isn't a coach at least motivational speaker for the team. But yeah, motivational speaker. I mean, cohesive I uh, captain of cohesiveness. I, you know what I said it last week, dude, he's a really good assistant coach. Yeah. Good. Give him a task or two. Hey, drop the penalty kill for us. Don't worry about the five on five lines. Like, True. you know, like it, it, and, and again, this is extremely unlikely. But if there was ever a scenario where, like, the Sharks got a new coach and Bob shifted back over to assistant coach, I'd actually be okay with that. Because as an assistant, I think we've seen the things that he's known for, which is the penalty kill and the defense. Defense kind of suspect this year, but penalty kill specifically have still been good. It's just everywhere else that's kind of, you know, like a bag of rocks falling onto you from a from a three-story building ouch uh balsers scores makes it 2-1 <laughs> say it <coughs> say it there will talk be no slander it. talk about it <laughs> oh balsers from high on what dude flurry totally needed that one back i think flurry needs most of today's goals back i'll be honest with you yeah no you're you're not wrong but it's two to one and Bordalo gets the primary assist, first NHL point in his first NHL game. You love to see it. He's on pace for an 82 game or 82, 82 point season. Yeah, mm-hmm. 82 assists. I mean, Dude. if the if the if the regular season started today, 
<laughs> the Sharks would make the playoffs based on that stat line. Right. Uh, Nieto would tie it early into the second off a great transitional sequence. I mean, it was like Burns to Hurdle. To, uh, just fantastic. Like, where's that been? Uh, looked great. But it was another one that Flurry should have had. Right. Well, and that's the thing. And I, I, I mentioned it. I think it was last year or last year. Wow. Last week, maybe the week before. Nieto is really good at getting himself into a position to score. Getting a lot, he gets a lot of chances. He does not get a lot of goals, and so <laughs> you're see you're watching that, and you're saying, okay, here comes Matt Nieto. Like, we'll, you know, we'll see. Um, and it was a nice shot. You know, he buried it right past Flurry, and you could say Flurry wanted it back, but Nieto was in a prime uh, spot there, and he made it count. I'll take it. Uh, and I was looking, Reimer made a huge save as the Sharks give up a breakaway on the power play. And I was like, okay, we got to jot that one down because what happens if they lose by one or whatever? Or if they go overtime because of that? It's that this game doesn't go overtime without that save. Mm-hmm. So, Reimer, that like, woof. Uh, but of course, the problem is Boldy gets lost, puts it in from six feet out, it's 3 2. But again, credit to the to the Sharks. Gregor ties it, burying a rebound of a burn shot. Uh, so open. <laughs> it would have been they very could have Noah Gregor. Sign for... a neon sign that said "open." <laughs> it would have it would have been very Noah Gregor if he didn't score there. Oh, and I hate dude. and I hate to say that I love Noah Gregor, but that would have been so Noah Gregor to not score there. Oh, well, dude, when your own captain, when Ferraro's going, you know, oh, Gregor's going to get one tonight. Tour's like, no, he's not. <laughs> yeah, that's when you're the running joke. You know, it's kind of it, it makes you think. But I, I, and I will get into it obviously. But I've, I've liked his game. You know, I thought he's been, he's played very well. He's kind of bounced all over the lineup this last little stretch. But he's we're you're, we're talking earlier about we're at the point in the season where you're you're playing for next year, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would hope that uh, Noah Gregor has no interest in going back to the Barracuda. No. You know. I would hope not. Uh, let's hit up a couple of comments that we have here. A girl, Dana, uh, how can management not fire Bugner after 10? I, You know, if this was game 20, 25 oh, totally. of the season, totally. yeah, he gone. But at this point, it's like seven left. What's it going to prove? Nothing. And And again, the guys are playing hard. They just... Can't they don't have any offense? They or the times that they do score four goals, they let in five. <laughs> the work the work ethic is good. Yeah, it's just that the I don't even necessarily want to say the skill because like I think the skill is good. They obviously have good players. I just don't think there's enough of it. And Bob Bugner would say the same thing. I mean, he said it during media calls where you look at other teams, you look at us. We're not elite. We don't have the horses that other teams have. So we have to play a certain structure. We have to be defensively sound and lock lock it all down. Sometimes they're able to and sometimes they're not. And to me, that kind of feels like a hot potato, you know, to the GM. Like, yeah, you know, uh, we, you know we're not – when you, you're saying we're not elite, we don't have this. Well, there's only one person who can fix that. Uh, no. <laughs> Dude, there's a uh, what? What's it? What was the cat's name? There was a hole. There's just... a Kevin. There's a Kevin Durant-sized <laughs> hole, and only one man can fill it. 
wonder if I'm wondering Kevin. if it's Kevin Durant. Yeah, I think it might be, but I'm not totally sure. <laughs> uh, Drew Blake coming in saying, I'm sure Bob will blame the overtime goal on Merkley and he will be scratched in the next game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I, I mean, well, that's the thing. He, oh, I, he would have loved to put Merkley out there, but Merkley's a rookie. And so poor Merkley, because of that fact, he isn't allowed to try anything ever. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, look, it comes down to uh, Gregor ties it, buries a rebound of the burn shot. Benino gets a shorty, and we're up for where? The Sharks are up 4-3, and you're going, <laughs> are they really going to pull this off? And then Fiala tips a bend shot. It's tied 4-4. Reimer is hot, thinks he was interfered with. I looked at it. I got to say I, I was wondering if he was conflating Fiala with Malosh because Malosh got a lot more of his glove than Fiala did. Dude, Malosh, today's game might have been the worst game Malosh has ever played. Ooh. Like, you know, he was uh, on the Kulikov goal. He was basically, you know, Brimer was essentially giving him a piggyback ride on the Kulikov goal. <laughs> and I want to say it was on the Matt Boldy goal. Uh, the first one, or I'm sorry, the, the third goal of the game, he, you know, Malosh was, I don't know, he lo- he looked like he was, I don't even know what the hell he was doing. He was like, not where he should have been. That's, I guess, that's what I'm trying to say. And then obviously, you know, you're talking about the, uh, the Fiala goal as well, just kind of all over the place. And then last night as well, in the Dallas game, two moments where he's, uh, you know, he's behind the net with the puck, just standing there. Mm-hmm. And even and, and you can go back and you can listen. Even Drew was like, move it, skate, skate, move the puck, skate, like seven times. And I'm like, just move it so he shuts up. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so Timo would take a dumb penalty with just under six left, uh, you know, with that big hit on Hartman. I don't know if it's because, you know, Timo and Kane are boys and he's like getting him back for the finger. But either way, that's... I don't understand how Timo – got to be situationally aware. I, I get that you're hot, and you've pretty much been hot all game, and maybe you think they're getting away with stuff, but, like, it's situational, bro. It's tied 4-4. You got less than six left, and you're going to take a penalty? Like, right. Like, there's having faith in your PK. I get it, <laughs> but, ooh, I don't know that you want to keep, you know, throwing the dice down the – down the uh, the <laughs> hitting it off the back wall, hoping that seven yeah. didn't come up. Well, that, and that's the thing is, is it, as you said, it's a tie game, but also with Timo Meyer, like we talked about it last week, as, as good of a season as he's had, you know, it's obviously a career season. He's been the best player for the Sharks this year by and far, but the second half of the season, he's got 42 penalty minutes. I want to say all of them or not all of them, but most of them are from this, you know, around the all-star break to now. And so it, it just makes you wonder, like... You know, had this guy stayed out of the box, kind of like not necessarily where would the Sharks be, but where would his offense be? Because we were talking about like, oh, Myers on pace for 90 points. He's on pace for, you know, 102 points. And it's like if he stays out of the box, it makes you wonder where that, you know, where the actual numbers would have ended up. Mm, mm-hmm. And and for the, the talk about, you know, like firing Bugner now, I see like Ian made, makes a good point. You know, it's like there's no point in firing the coach until you have a new GM in place. So obviously that as well, that's, you know, it could very well happen. <laughs> as soon as yeah. a new, new GM is hired, we'll find out. GMs typically like to put their stamp on things. 
So, yeah, there's no point in doing it. And then, again, no point in doing it when you've got nothing to play for and there's just two weeks left in the season. So, well, so, so what? You, you fire the coach and then you have an interim coach and then the whole summer is like, oh, is the interim coach going to become the coach or are they going to find someone else? And it just, it adds, it adds unnecessary mm-hmm. stuff to Joe Will's plate. And I think Who? it would make more. <laughs> Joe Will. I think it would make more sense if it's just like you said, hire the new guy or girl, whatever. And, and kind of just say, okay, Bob's your coach unless you don't want him and kind of mm. leave it up to the new GM. Cause if, if Joe say Joe will fires Bob Bugner and then the new person comes in and they're like, well, you know what? I really liked Bob Bugner. And well, you know. I'm sure we're going to get those end of season interviews that if you remember last season, it all kind of leaked out where like, Hey, there, there's a lot of guys that really don't want Evander Kane on this team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm sure that they'll all get the players takes on, Bugner, his performance, what he's done. Steve with a good point in here about Timo tonight. Uh, Timo's having a career year. He's on a team that's going nowhere for the third year in a row. I'm sure his mental frustration is mounting. Yeah, you'd you you'd you'd be um, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially last year, like you know, you you look at it, and 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 we kind of talked about it before, and we debated whether or not this was actually the case, but. There was a lot of conversation about uh, Timo Meyer specifically last year. He seemed like he had an off, well, not seemed like he did have an off year, but you know the uh, you know COVID season one, he was the leading scorer for the Sharks, and now in COVID season three, he's the leading scorer for the Sharks once again. But you think about it, those seasons were pretty normal. You have COVID season two last year, you know the uh, hubbed divisions, no fans weird travel schedules, weird game schedules. And, you know, we kind of talked about, like, is it possible that, you know, the weight of the pandemic was weighing on him? And I don't want to imply that it was, but it it certainly wouldn't surprise me if that ended up being the case. Well, again, credit to the Sharks for fighting back in this one, taking it to overtime. Uh, Again, it's – I would be – I think I would be more disappointed if – I saw a team that had a lot more talent and wasn't working this hard. Well, and what have I said all year? The Sharks the Sharks are the exact same team they are last year without their best player. Well, that but I I go back and I'm tr- I wish I could remember exactly what season it was. It was somewhere like 08, 09, somewhere in there where the Sharks just seemed like they were a wagon. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of those. Yeah, but like the year that they win the President's Trophy and then get yeah. bounced in six. Oh, nine. Oh, nine. There you go. And I just remember a couple times thinking, God, this team, where is your heart? Where is your pride? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this team today, man, if they had the talent <laughs> of oh, nine, but with this heart. Yeah, with this work ethic. Ooh, that's... So you said something was disappointing. Uh, I got something for you that's disappointing. <laughs> I would I would even say it's gross. Oh shit! Um, so, and and we're all about the numbers here. All right, let me crack one. <laughs> Gotta get that seven up. So, power play time. Oh boy. 
Burns, three minutes and six seconds. As to be expected, I mean, it's Brent Burns. That's kind of what he's here for. I'm, I, I don't, I'm not upset about that. Mm-hmm. Ryan Merkley, 56 seconds. Like, I, I understand, you know, the Sharks only had three power plays. Uh, one of them was very abbreviated. I think two of them might have been abbreviated, actually. And so I, I understand, but at the same time, like, like we talked about with seeing what you guys what you have in guys like like I I would just be alternating Merkley and Burns. I don't at this point what are you playing for? <laughs> See what you got in Merkley, you know? And and we'll we'll get into it after we finish, you know, uh we'll after we finish talking about all the games, but you know, there's uh there's some power play information regarding Rudolph Spalsers as well, but you know, we'll get there. <laughs> well, this is it for Minnesota. Let's just take it to the top of the week. Uh, look, they, they couldn't couldn't buy a win. I mean, overtime loss, shootout loss, regulation loss, overtime loss. Look, the 0-1 and three this week through seventy five games, you got sixty nine points. You're nice. Fish- <laughs> nice. Uh, and the thing is, is you know my little prediction thing. I had them with seventy six points. Like I thought they were going to be a point a game. Maybe finish with 83, but no, they at 69. Nice. I have them winning three of their final seven. We'll see if that comes to fruition. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. That being the being the operative word. Uh, <laughs> so something to think about here: the Sharks at this stage in the game, the Sharks are uh, they actually have. 70 points um oh my bad because they got the overtime loss you're right um but oh not nice anymore (laughs) not nice um (laughs) but the the sharks as it stands right now they're on pace uh if they win their remaining seven games of the season who's (laughs) to say who's to say (laughs) good one good one but say they finish the season seven and oh they'll (laughs) finish with uh 84 points. Do you have anything you want to say about that number yet? Uh, I mean, if it happens, you know, a bet a bet is a bet. <laughs> but they got to go 7-0. Do I think that's going to happen? Mm, yeah, no. I, well, we'll see. Yeah. Well, stranger things have occurred. What would be funny is if they won 7-0 or w- went 7-0, and and then you get those same people going, uh, give Bugner an extension. <laughs> <laughs> something something else I was thinking about too. So as you mentioned, zero, uh, zero, one, and three this week. I don't feel like the Sharks. Like if you, if you sort of look at everything with very broad lenses, right? I don't think the Sharks played like a zero, one, and three team this week. I agree. I mean, you look, dude. Every they didn't get blown out in any game. It, they were all no. one goal losses. Yeah, and you know Nashville. Uh, Nashville was in overtime. Chicago was in the shootout, and tonight was in overtime as well. Like they were, now close doesn't mean shit, but they were close, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to lose four in a, four in a row, I would rather lose by one goal, you know, pick up some overtime points, and be doing things the right way. Just knowing that, look, we're doing this the right way. We just need somebody else that can score on this team just the point is i'd much rather be see much rather see the sharks lose these games by one goal every time than just getting who who did you bring up earlier tonight was it the blues were just like running roughshod over somebody 
Yeah, they uh, they're up on uh, or they beat the Predators eight to three. Oh, yowza! And Predators are in the they're in the hunt for a playoff spot. You know because mm-hmm. because they lost and uh, you know because they lost uh, Dallas. Actually, even though Dallas was inactive today, Dallas actually leapfrogged them because Nashville lost. Wow! And then there was, you know there was another game earlier this season where uh, was it like. Edmonton beat Calgary nine to five. I think it was last week. I'll tell you what. And most of these have involved the Arizona Coyotes. Unfortunately, we've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of six to one, seven to one, eight to one games this year. Yeah. So now, of course, the the thing that you can say is it just it's it's mind numbing that you look at Sharks at Nashville and it's kind of like, well, you killed both power plays. But you couldn't come up, you, you know, you only got one power play, but you couldn't score on it. That would have been a difference. Only 25 shots as well. Yeah. and 43% you, on the faceoffs. You gave up 40 shots, you know. Yeah. Ooh, so that's a stellar performance. But what happens? You know what? Sorry to interrupt you. You know what else really kills me about this whole thing? Mm-hmm. So only 25 shots on goal for the Sharks. Nashville had 15 giveaways. <sighs> Like it just, you know, you, I personally, I think it's a fool's game to get into historical fiction when it comes to sports in general, but you don't want to rewrite history. Right. But it makes you think like, okay, 15 giveaways, like imagine what the sharks could have done if they had gotten an A scoring chance on a third of those half, Mm. maybe. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I am seeing a comment here coming in from uh, Bugner said he was not a fan of Timo taking that penalty. <laughs> like, oh, hmm, gee, I wonder why. Uh, but yeah. also pointed out that Timo's had a hell of a year. And so, hey, what are you going to do? It's, he's been our go-to guy offensively all year. I'll take him being engaged any day. I, You know. So getting back to this Nashville game, though, real quick. Uh, one nothing overtime loss. Again, I point to the special teams, which will again be something that we discuss throughout the whole <laughs> the rest of this wrapping of the games because the power play did not score a single goal this week. Yet they did. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, they did cough up a shorty, and then their PK scored a shorty. So the penalty kill had more goals this week than the power play. <laughs> Just I, <laughs> let that sink in. Yeah, I, I can't do anything but laugh at that. I'm telling you, dude. <sighs> that's. But it, look, the Nashville <laughs> game. So stupid. I I'm know. Sorry. But a stellar goalie <laughs> performance is ruined because EK65 is out of position in overtime, and Ekholm taps it in. Well, and you. While we're talking about the defense, we love talking about defense on this show. Uh, the game against this game against Nashville, there were five uh, five giveaways by defensemen. Two from Carlson, three from Burns. Now, again, we've said it all year. We've said it last year. We said it the year before and the year before. When you're out there the most, it makes sense that your negatives would be increased just as it makes sense your positives would be increased. Nobody is saying is disputing that. But again, when it's a game that is 0-0 for uh, 98% of the time... <laughs> You don't need your best two best defensemen who are supposed to be positive difference makers. You don't need them coughing up the puck like that. Yeah. And 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 you know, 
and and I know a lot of people, myself included, have been very uninterested in what Jacob Magna has to offer. But he had no giveaways in this game, and he played. He didn't play. Oh, I, th- I, I thought Nashville. you were. T- yeah, okay. I thought we were. T- the, he, he, a Minnesota reference. You know, Go ahead. He he had no giveaways in this game, and he played two and a half minutes less than Burns and Carlson. Mm. You know, so again, when you're out there the most, it, your um, your threshold for positives and negatives it's going to be bigger, right? Sure. That doesn't mean that you can just say, oh, well, you know, I'm out here all the time, so I'm expected to give it away. Like, no, you still got to button that stuff up. Absolutely. Uh, Quick note from the locker room. Nieto saying, uh, it remains positive through this 10-game losing streak. We love each other as a group in there, and we're laying it all out there. Wow, that's so cute. Yeah, I I mean. Everybody's friends. Let's all hold hands and hug. Dude, I'm like, okay, do you guys are going to sing Kumbaya on the way home? You want to know what is a okay? You want to know what is a total jam job right now? Whip it out. Boss is none of the power play. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Ka- dude, Capo Kakinen's record is zero four and one. He's got no wins, no wins with the Sharks. He still has a nine fourteen save percentage. <laughs> and this this week with the two games nine fifty five. Like, dude, get, get brother a freaking goal. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying, man. And 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 you know what I'm like we we talked about it when it came down but you know I was tweeting with a couple of people earlier today and it was sort of re re refreshing these thoughts in my head I think if Capo Kakinen if and this is totally off topic if Capo Kakinen becomes what the experts say and what his potential says mm-hmm. you're not going to hear the words Jake Middleton in San Jose very often I'm telling you what yeah well, and you know, look, with the thing with Nieto, like we can sit here and, and kind of have fun with his comments. Uh, but look, I'd, I'd, I'd take comments like that versus like, yeah, well, you know, April 29th getting real close, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, somebody uh, fetch me my, uh, you know, did somebody uh, clean my, my golf balls and my clubs are all accounted for? Like, let's roll. You know, I, I'm. They seem I'm like really... they're coming together. Yeah. Versus when Jones over the last couple of seasons has said, you know, when things started to go shitty, the the team splintered and went their well, separate and, ways. And you know what? It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that the players who have mentioned about drifting apart and going their own way and all that stuff are no longer on the Sharks. <laughs> yeah, not a coincidence. <laughs> um, but you know, I was thinking about this earlier and I didn't say it, but you know, we're talking about getting towards the end of the year, right? And kind of what that brings. When you're out, when your team is out of the playoffs, it really kind of changes the way you look at stuff. Like I feel like if it's you know it's no November or December, like and in the game against Dallas, you know Jonathan Dolan he takes that puck off of the uh, off uh, somewhere on the leg section, I believe it was, and you know you you in November or December you're thinking, oh my God, I hope he's okay. We need him. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you fast forward. We're here. It's the middle of April. Sharks are not going to the playoffs. They could have come out and said, oh, you know, Jonathan Dolan is not going to be able to play until the middle of next year. I'd be like, I don't care. Like this season's <laughs> over anyway. Like it changes the way that you sort of look at things, you know? Oh, yeah. The perspective is wildly changed. Yeah. Uh, Denver Doyle saying uh, I'm the opposite of AJ. If we get blown out, that means we need big changes in a new coach more urgently. Mm, I it, it, Technically, yes. But if I know people. If people want the blown out, dude. 
but here's the thing is people want the sharks to like people want the sharks to be a good team eventually right and to me kind of what we've been talking about especially around the minnesota game you have those roots in place that foundation in place like you're for i know people have made fun of doug wilson for saying we're closer than a lot of people think but on some level that's true now that might be the difference between two years away versus four years away, (laughs) but you're still closer. Right. And I think like if the sharks are still like three years into this dumpster fire, if the sharks are still getting blown out on the regular, I'm a little concerned. Yeah. You know, but I feel like even though it's slow, the sharks are trending in the right direction, I think. And that's what you're looking for. Trending in the right direction and not splintering. Dana pointing out penguins played half a team for a solid month were unfazed. That is true. They dealt with a lot of injuries the first half of the year. Yeah. Well, the Sharks are dealing with it now. Well, you know, the whole thing that they've been pushing is just the ridiculous amount of rookies that they're having to play or getting a look which, at. Like, which I, I don't understand that talking point because it's like how many – I guarantee you every rookie this year has been benched by Bob at least once. So, like, you can't but tell I, me – No, I think, the, say, I think the talking point, it's not – I don't. I think the way that they're using it, you might be misinterpreting it. I think it's the whole thing of they're using it as almost like a, a promotional thing. Of saying, sure. you know, like check these guys out now. You know, the the Sharks are using a ridiculous amount of rookies right now. Now that's painting the the silver lining on there. What's the underlying thing? Well, I, we don't have enough talent. We ha- we're kind of forced to play these guys. I just think it's funny where, you know, like I said, all this conversation, oh, well, we're the Sharks are playing a lot of rookies right now. Aren't we so progressive and awesome? But then you look and it's like, you know, how many rookies have gotten the jam job this year? That is Merkel- well. Merkley, Dolan. I mean, those are the two rookies that come to mind that have gotten the jam job. <laughs> Dude, Blickfeld runs into an avalanche player he's never seen again. Yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I want to put it out there. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Um, but... You know, in before the oh, sharks, Jesus. in before the sharks don't qualify Blickfeld. Gotcha. Uh, Just putting it out there. Bordelow on his NHL debut said, "I felt all right. I could have made better plays and stuff like that, but it was good to get the nerves out of the way. Obviously, a special moment for me and my family. I just wish we could have gotten the win tonight. Well, I think I you speak for everybody when you say that. See, but I I like hearing that because he says I would have liked to do a couple things better." Mm-hmm. I thought he was one of the best players tonight. Absolutely. So it's like, okay, like it, like that's good to have that mindset of like I want to always keep growing, doing better, see what I can bring to the table. But it's like, you know, it, like if he were to come in and be like, yeah, you know, I was buzzing out there, and you know, uh, had a nice, you know, a sit, you know, wish Gregor would have put that puck on my tape better, like. <laughs> You know, not to say he would have said that, but you know what I mean? Like, it's it's nice where he can say, you know, like, he's not saying, oh, yeah, I had an assist, and it was my first game, and my family was here, and getting all hyped on himself. You know, he's talking about, like, yeah, you know, I want to help the team and do this, 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 and, you know, it's it's good to hear those kinds of things, you know? Well, Bugner's take on Bordalo. Bugner says, uh, Boards did a lot of good things. Talked to him after the first period. He was a little nervous. Said to me, I'll be better in the second period. But I thought he had a pretty good first period. Some defensive stuff to sort out. But you can tell when he's out there. Which I think is really good. Because there has been a few times where I've gone, Mike, has Nieto played in this game? (laughs) (laughs) I just think, and, and obviously we'll get into it when we finally finish talking about all the games, but... 
at this point you got seven games left in the season. And I was, I was trying to explain this, you know, I was explaining this to my fiance, like with Bordalo, like the fact that you're bringing him in now, the type of player he is, even if he's the worst player on the ice, you play him the remaining seven games. Yeah. Get those reps, baby. We were talking, yeah. talking about that at the beginning. Yep. Uh, let's move on to the Chicago game. Uh, the Sharks one and zero versus Chicago coming into this one. Uh, 2-0 win last November, and the Sharks will see Chicago once more April 23rd. That is fan appreciation night, so grab your tickets for your uh, giveaway jersey. Reimer gets a start. Dolan scratched for Shimmick. We're going 7-D? <laughs> you know what I think I want to do? Are you Okay. <laughs> Are you familiar? Are you familiar with a dream? What a dream board is? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I want a. I want to have a dream board in my office, and uh, I'm gonna have to go back the last three years when all this nonsense started. But I want to find like every stupid lineup decision that's happened over the last three <laughs> years. I want to find it and put it on this dream board, and I'm not taking it down until the Sharks win the season <laughs> league, <laughs> or at the very least, make the playoffs again. Oh dear lord. That's what I want to do. That's my homework assignment. All right. Well, and that is on there because, like, <laughs> Dolan scratched for Shimmick. I mean, let's really think. Oh man, you love that steak. You know, try this. Uh, <laughs> you know, try this. Uh, this collection of different animal fat that we were gonna dump in the dumpster. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, Sharks, again, a 5-4 loss in the shootout. So, again, this is one that goes to OT. Sharks are 0-for-1 on the power play. Would have made a difference. 2-for-3 on the PK. Again, uh, Bugner implied, though, that during pregame, Dolan wasn't doing enough, hence why he got sat. Uh, you got Bonino moved to the wing. <laughs> oh, okay. Which he th – I mean, he was on the wing last year in Minnesota, and he thrived there. So, I don't actually hate that. Yeah. Uh, Even though he was brought in to be the third line center, dude, this this <laughs> week I might have been the most starfish I've ever seen Burns. <laughs> there's, there's a three on one on the first shot of the game with Chicago, and Burns goes full starfish. Uh, but he he fires one from the blue line. Timo buries the rebound. At least the you know they get one there. Uh, you get Nieto in for Barabanov halfway through the first after Barabanov took a Stillman hit. Barabanov has not returned, although he is still with the team. Uh, We'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, Shimmick and Carlson did return to San Jose early. Mm -hmm. um, but the Hawks get a power play. There's, your, you know, that's a killer. It's two to one. Reedy ties it. You're two two. Then on four and four, they make it three two. And uh, Balser is four three. Magna four four. So all right, shoot. At least we got something going. And then Ek sixty five with a slapper. In the shootout, I, I I was talking about a I was talking about a sack of bricks falling on you Dude, from a three story building. That's what that was. I don't understand that why Ek sixty five was the third shot. Who who had gone before him? Couture and Timo. <laughs> it was uh, Tomas Hurdle, and then it was Couture. So how do, you, how do you not go with Timo? How do you not how do you not go with Timo who scored in this game and as Bob admitted, best player this year? How do you not go with Balsers who? scored in this game you're obsessed how do you <laughs> dude i'm telling you man T go with timo go with balsers dude go with gregor i know there's been a lot of conversations about noah gregor how he can't finish and all this nonsense but think about the type of game noah gregor plays he should thrive in a shootout 
Are we all just happy that the third shooter in that wasn't Nieto? <laughs> but, like, I just look at that like a slap shot on the shootout. Now, if it goes in, everybody's like, oh, my God, look how cheeky he is. Like, that's awesome, right? Well, but, didn't he get away with that earlier this season? Yeah, he scored earlier in the season. He scored the shootout winner on a slap shot. But I look at taking a slap shot in the shootout. I mean, you might have the optimist who would say, oh, you know, a goalie's not expecting that. It's a good way to beat them. And on some level, I agree with that. But I feel like most people are going to look at a slap shot in the shootout as, why are you putting me out here? I'm going to show you that you should never do it again. You're right. But the storyline for this Chicago game, decent back and forth, but just too many giveaways. And again, another porous game from EK. And uh, look what happened after that. <laughs> he, he gone. Well, and I and you know what I think kind of we were talking about earlier. This team doesn't feel like an 0-1-3 team this week. <laughs> And and, oh. I, and and I look again, like we talked about before, the ability to battle back, obviously, Timo getting a goal like that's you expect that. Right. But Scott Reedy tying the game. Balsers brings you within one. Jacob Magna, who he ties the game like <laughs> you have. And I hate to lump Balsers into that group of unconventional players, but you have unconventional players who kind of get you back in the swing of things. But also. 37 shots on goal for the Sharks, and that doesn't even include 22 shot attempts that got blocked by the Blackhawks. So the Sharks, yes, it's a loss, but I feel like there's a lot of good things they could have taken away from this game. Like they were getting, they were generating a lot of things, you know, a lot of blocked shots, a lot of giveaways, but, you know, you can't say they weren't trying to make things happen. Hey, now, uh, Chris in the chat saying, who should replace Bob Bugner? Uh, whoever the new GM decides. <laughs> I personally think, I've been saying this for a long time, I think it needs to be somebody who's never coached in the NHL before. or Has somebody... never been a head coach or just no coaching experience in the NHL? I mean, either one. No, because I'm, okay, because I'm saying like if, you know, because we always bring it up from time to time where it's, uh, wait a minute, how can it be always if it's from time to time? Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but Marco Sturm gets a Dude, lot of talk i'd love marco sturm yeah and 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 i think you know something like that never been a head coach in the nhl or even been on the bench in the nhl but also even if it was somebody who maybe they got a head coaching job a long time ago didn't work out they got fired and so they went to go you know apply their trade somewhere else whether that's college whether that's europe somebody who kind of stepped away for a while is, to get things is, is this not the dallas eakin story yeah, the Dallas Eakin story, or even I know, I know he, you know, um, uh, Mike Sullivan, you know, he was on an NHL bench early on, got fired. <laughs> Wasn't he part of a long running gag? <laughs> yes, <laughs> but you and and that's not to say the Sharks need to hire Mike Sullivan, but somebody like Mike Sullivan, like Tiger's you know, saying DU's coach Carlisle. Yeah, sure, but like you look, like he was. Mike Sullivan was the head coach of the Bruins in 0304 and 0506, got fired. He wasn't the head uh, head coach of another team for 10 years. And look at that, he got two cups, you know? So somebody like that maybe where they were the coach, it didn't work out, and they kind of stepped away a bit to sort of get things back on track. Good story. And yeah. do, can you imagine all the, you know, with the, the everything that went down with Quinville if the Panthers do win the cup this year? <laughs> A lot of you know they said on the I, I caught a little bit of the Panthers game today they were they were talking about Andrew Brunette as a potential 
Jack Adams candidate. And I'm, I'm wondering if any, if anybody who became a head coach mid season has won that award, you know? Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, we, we got to move on. Uh, so the sharks at Dallas, it's a two to one loss. The sharks were one and one versus Dallas this season. They picked up a two, one victory in December, but a five, four loss a couple weeks ago, Kakinen starts. So of course, for whatever reason, the Sharks can't score. <laughs> Carlson and Schimmick, like I said, sent back to San Jose early for further evaluation. Barabanov is out with the injury. You got seven rookies in the lineup. Holy hell, but it all comes down to, look, Sharks lost 2-1. to one, And how did special teams do? Well, they only had to kill one penalty, which they did, but they got two power play chances. And instead of scoring on either one, they gave up a shorthanded goal. And lost by a goal. Another night where they get killed on the faceoffs. Oh yeah, I, they got eaten up. I think at the first period it was like what thirty-two percent. Yeah, and I and I think and and I've made the argument before where if you're a good team, even if you lose faceoffs, you know you can get good teams can get the puck back, right? But if you're if you're a bad team like the Sharks are, and you struggle to hold on to the puck for long stretches of time, you need to be winning faceoffs. You're right. Uh, also, Rudolph Balser's got a minute and 58 seconds of power play time in this game. Oh. <laughs> Didn't do anything with it, but, you know, he was out there. Yeah, but then he's going to sit there and go, well, I guess I kind of had to because who who did I have left in the in the, in the the chamber? You know, yeah, well, he put, lost, yeah, lost Barabanov. out there, Shemilevsky. Yeah. <laughs> Shemilevsky got some time, though. No, I, and, I, and I'm digging Shemilevsky. I think, really? I, I mean, as... As a second six guy, bottom six guy, sure. Sure. You know, like, would he, uh, you know, could could he do something as the, the fourth line center? Would, I mean, I would take Chemilevsky over uh, Gregor at this point. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I I'm wouldn't. sorry. That's my bad. I didn't mean <laughs> to say the word Gregor. I meant to say the word Gambrell. Yeah. Well, thankfully, Gambrell's no longer here. Yeah, but you uh, know what I'm saying. No, I, I got you. But I, and you know, I like Chemilevsky. Obviously, his numbers prior to the NHL are obviously they're good player in the OHL, good player in the AHL. And and I I still am optimistic that he can become a full time NHL player, but I kind of think, you know, I, I, I've seen, you know, thirteen games and he's only got four assists. And I, I kind of feel like we've from this segment, I feel like we've seen everything he can offer. I'd like to see somebody else get in there and, you know, Again, I don't want to say Blickfeld because I don't think it's going to happen. But, you know, even if, it, you know, now the Sharks have brought in, um, you know, they bring in Bordalo. So it's like, okay, that's a different – it's a different option, right? But I still hmm. – I mean, maybe you bring Hobgox back up, right? Maybe you you get, you know, you get Adam Raska back in there. You know what I mean? Dude, I want to see Hobgox, Bordalo, and I'm trying to think, you know, like let's put together the smallest, fastest line you've ever seen. Because <laughs> <laughs> what, what, Bordalo's like 5'9", I think Hobgox is 5'9", with the skates on. So. Yeah, HockeyDB has him at 5'8". Ooh, yeah, see? That'd be a, a, a interesting little – Little, but of course, that's the whole thing. You have to be real uh, evasive, very elusive. Because mm-hmm. boy, if you get lit up by some Zadano Chara type, whoof, you're gonna, yeah. you're going to feel that for a little while. Uh, let's finish up this Dallas game and move on. Something that really bothered me, and we saw this the last game against Dallas as well uh, on uh, April second, and 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 I like 
I, I hope that I'm just going crazy and this is not a real thing, but you know, I, and I talked about it when we talked about that game a couple weeks ago, but you know, there've been now in both Dallas games where Burns had an, the smart thing for Burns to do, you know, there's somebody on Dallas coming down the ice with the puck. The smart thing to do is put a body on them, push them to the boards. You know, I don't think you have to blow them up or anything, but, but you know, get physical with them. And both times, it, you know, in the game against April the 2nd and last night, you know, it just so happened to be that Pavelski was the player coming down the ice. And, you know, you kind of get the patented Brent Burns sort of stick check and then the spin off, you know, where he spins off and kind of skates backwards towards the goalie. And I'm like, I'm th- I can't help but think to myself, like, if that's not Pavelski, does he engage, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I made the point before where it's like, I understand you're friends with people, your buddies, you like them and all that good stuff. But when you're on the ice and you're wearing the other jersey, like it, it doesn't matter if it's your best friend. You know, you've seen how many brothers have we seen kind of go at it, right? It's like it doesn't matter. Like, you know, they're on the other team. You got to do what you got to do. Well, speaking of brothers, Sagan with the tap in of a Ben pass. There you go. <laughs> oh, the Sharks playing back to back against the Bens. How great. Uh, but you this... need <laughs> needed better positioning by Blasic on that one. Uh, San, mm-hmm. San Jose would get a power play after Merkley gets slew-footed. Uh, I thought the broadcast was going to have a coronary over him, over, over <laughs> you know, the guy who slew-footed Merkley only got two minutes. It but, did seem like a bit greasy. Yeah, but, but it's not, boy, the broadcast of San Jose as if they wanted that guy, like, ejected from the game, like, ten <laughs> minutes or something. Um, but the Sharks give up their 11th shorty. Burns goes full starfish, as we were talking about. After, God, that who was, who so was he bad. coming down with? Because he he was pointing at somebody to take Glenn Denning, and then he's like, oh, well, no, I guess I'll do it. Lay down. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Okay, I'm, I, as I'm watching this breakdown, I see him pointing at Glenn Denning, and I'm like, okay, we're going to play this right here. Like, okay, he's, he's clearly saying, I got, you know, whoever – was with uh, whoever was on the other side of the ice. I believe it was Raffle. Yes, that's and, who got uh, the goal. You know, he he's kind of saying, "Okay, I got Raffle. You take Glenn Denning," and then he lays on the ice and takes neither of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you got to give it up to Glenn Denning, dude. What a pass! This game as well, specifically that goal. Your friendly reminder that Michael Raffle is still in the NHL. I actually forgot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's been a lot of that this year, unfortunately. Um, oh, when it dude. comes to like scoring against the Sharks, like we talked about it, dude. Both both games against Colorado this year, I forgot Darren Helm was in the uh, <laughs> was in the NHL. Um, but uh, I don't know. It just, the thing that really bugged me about the whole thing, there it is. <laughs> well, unfortunately, only we can see that. But I, I wish <laughs> I would have formatted that. But yeah, the the you know the thing that really bugs me is that after the game you've got Bob who's saying oh you know nine times out of ten he usually gets it and I'm like oh dude when I saw that quote I'm like jerk is going to freak the fuck out well and dude I so I don't know if you saw me but I actually I actually tweeted on top of that and I said <laughs> and I said I was like Bob must not watch the games <laughs> <laughs> jeez well what is it we call it the starfish and he calls it the spider. Yeah, Evidently. which like, dude, like, put some respect on Zach Devine's name here. <laughs> uh, but look, the Sharks did end up taking advantage of a tired uh, Star Squad who had just iced, and so Meyer would get one in this. His thirty third on the season. Uh, for those of you playing the uh, Will He Get Forty game, we'll we'll see how it works. You got seven more games. But who is this? 
Oh, there was, I mean, there's a, been a few people. I think somebody mentioned it in the chat a couple times. Uh, and I think somebody's brought it up on Twitter as well. It's been the whole, will he get 40 thing? I mean, I'd love it, you know, but it does. I mean, he would need, you know, he'd need seven goals in seven games. I mean, it's not impossible, yeah. but is it probable? It's not very likely. Yeah. And let, I mean, unless, unless he just goes on a rip. Well, I was going to say, can we, can we play ML or, uh, LA on MLK Day again? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty good. So look, those are the uh the four games this week. Let's let's get to our stock up, stock down. For me, of course, Kakinen, two games this week, nine fifty five save percentage, a one forty eight games <laughs> uh, goals against. I mean, come on, dude. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, and can't get a victory with those numbers. Dude, yeah, I mean, to quote Jumbo, dude, we'd have it out stroking it if we would got numbers like that. On on the regular, right? Uh, for me, stock up. Rudy Balsers, two goals, one assist. Buzz. I thought he was buzzing in today's game in Minnesota. I agree, and and there's you know, kind of what I have to say about stock up specifically. Balsers is buzzing in Minnesota. You know, there's a he had a new line mate today. Uh, I wonder who <laughs> that was. Yeah, and that's you know I was gonna say I know it's it, it's the easy one. But Thomas Bordalo, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of hype around him. You know, he good season with Michigan. Is he going to sign? Is he going to go back? What is he going to do? Right. So he signs the tryout with the Barracuda. He puts up three assists in two games. And, you know, I I hope that's the last time he plays for the Barracuda and, you know, signs with the Sharks. He puts up an assist tonight and I thought he was buzzing. And, you know, is it is it maybe a bit cheeky for me to say stock up when there was no data that preceded tonight? Maybe. <laughs> but, you know, like I said earlier, it's about making a good first impression. And he has the distinction of making a good first impression twice this week. You know, so, so stock I would up say for him. you on Bordelow? Yeah, right. Bordelow, absolutely. And then small, small sample size, small sample size. But again, more so of the good first impression variety. Um, well, the, the, the only thing that I thought I found kind of funny tonight during the game was at one point, like Balsers and Bordalo both trying to like enter the zone. It was like, you got it. No, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> like it was kind of like Balsers was trying to give it to him. Like you're the center dude. Like you demand, take it in. And like Bordo was like, uh, you know, I am, I am, but a young Padawan. You right. take it in, sir. <laughs> I don't. And the thing is, unfortunately, that's kind of it. I mean, again, we talked, we talked about the Sharks this week. I think the Sharks were just the victim of some bad bounces this week, but nobody was really nobody was really buzzing for them. I mean, it was kind of a different guy every night. I mean, I don't even know. You can <laughs> say, oh. usually the goaltender. <laughs> I mean, you can – well, that's the thing. And, you know, you could say, oh, well, you know – you can say Timo Meyer three, you know, three points in four games this week, but like that's to be expected at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's not, and I and I think that's something that I know for myself personally have to remind myself is like it's not it's not as much who was good this week as is as it is who was better this week than they were the previous week. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and nobody pretty, really got better. It's a small, small, small group. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, stock down the the power play. You got to call it out. I mean, they gave up their eleven shorthanded goal this week for Christ's sakes. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, it's just that is something. When it and we'll get into it, like stuff that needs to to change next season. 
that's that's in the top two. <laughs> you gotta fix this power play, man. Get inventive with your shit. Change the deployment. Change. Go back and look at tape of stuff that used to work. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. Matt, remember when Joe, when Jumbo would just like set up right behind the net, and it, mm-hmm. fe- it felt like the Sharks could just score at will. I yeah. don't know why they changed away from that, and all of a sudden, it's, nah, let's put uh, let's put him at the at the half wall or half boards, right. you right. know. And it's like, wh- why would you do that? But anyway, uh, the power play is just going to stay there. The injury bug, that's I mean, plaguing just too many guys. Shimmick, Barabanov, Carlson, VL, uh, VL. You got uh, Leonard, Leonard, Magna. You know, gets injured. Just oh my god. I would say now, and again, the haters, <laughs> the haters are going to come after me because he had he had three assists in four games this week. But but Brent Burns is on my stock down list, dude. The four games this league this week, Burns had twelve giveaways. Yeah, like that's it. Doesn't matter whether you're playing twenty five minutes a night or twelve minutes a night, whatever. Like in four games, you cannot give a puck the, the puck away twelve times. Yeah. That's <laughs> a little too much. Uh, but you know what? I want to use this opportunity. That, that's Those are both my stock down. I mean, is there a player that stood out for you? Or you're just kind of like, eh, this whole thing just. Like I said, it's really just burns. But again, you know, nobody impressed me last week. Nobody really impressed me. Th- or I'm sorry. Nobody got, w- nobody got better than they did last week. Nobody got worse than they did last week. It's just two weeks in a row of. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I feel you. I uh, think a couple interesting things, like with the module, like Noah Gregor. Are we still doing that? <laughs> I mean, you know, Noah Gregor scored his fifth goal of the season tonight. All five of them are high value. That's fun. Nice. That's something that's something to think about. Secret weapon, uh, Nick Benino, dude. Ten of twelve high value. And remember, Daryl Sutter, believer in the module. Yeah, you know, it's got that stamp of approval. Therefore, anybody who thinks it's stupid is stupid themselves. Um, I don't well, <laughs> look, a, We're to the point of the season where, like... Dude, just struggling. You, you know yeah, what? Like, Thanks you for could, joining, everybody. We gotta go. Yeah, we're, we're to the point of the season where you could you could say, like, hey, oh my god, Noah Gregor had a hat trick. And I'd be like, alright. Like, <laughs> well, okay, the, is the season over yet? Like, Well, that's the whole thing. This is what happens when elimination occurs. So... Uh, let me hit this real quick. Tweet of the week, just because oh, it falls yeah. into it. Now, look, I won it early. I yeah. Well, I made a mistake. Didn't uh, we talk about this last week? Yes. And so, if you'll be quiet for a second, I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> I okay, made a mistake. Okay. Uh, d- did not format my uh, my <laughs> tweet of the week, people. So let me just try to drop this in on the fly. Hopefully, you'll be able to read what it says. Let me blow, nice. blow this up a little bit, but. <laughs> we got a tweet coming in from Tim <laughs> Gray. Value. Says, like the joke I heard a few years ago, EK65, like a Volvo, made in Sweden, overpriced, and in constant need of repair. And following that up, uh, at hold the device says, funny story, I owned a Volvo once. It was a really nice, fanciest car I've ever owned, ran amazing, great mileage, but I left it parked on the street one night. Someone crashed into it. It was never the same after that. Had to get rid of it. So I guess you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> Dude, both of you guys, stellar 
tweets. Beautiful. The first Dope. time in a while we've had a positive tweet of the week. Uh, I don't know that I don't. Or I'm sorry, not positive, but like most of our tweet of the weeks, we're making fun of somebody, but this time we're like giving somebody props. Uh oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I th- I thought you were referring to the tweet itself, but yeah. Oh, no. okay. No, I feel it. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, we've used this space too often to carve people for not like educating themselves, and that's probably going to stop unless somebody does a really, really tremendous job. Uh, we I'm I'm looking for more content like this right here because this was funny. Uh man, so. Look, uh, what do we got here? Uh, Bordalo, look, we all know what happened. It was it had a hell of a week. To amateur tryout, Barracuda, three assists. Cuda officially eliminated, by the way. Uh, but it played his first and last game at SAP Center with the Barracuda, <laughs> we hope. <laughs> um, so then we got a couple articles from the Beat Guys, Pichelka, Shang, and Corey, telling us uh, his – well, let's start with uh, – what do we got here? I believe it's Shang. Uh, he says storylines to look for over you know the next few games that we have coming up. Uh, Bob Bugner, obviously he's going to get a look. Can this? He's on the final year of his deal, or I mean he's about to be. Right. <laughs> you know, next year is the final year, so he's going to be working to uh, get a job. Everybody likes a, a guy who plays in a contract year, right? <laughs> um, so we'll see how that happens. See what occurs in this off season as the Sharks go to search for a new GM. As we said, uh, you know, GMs typically like to put their stamp on a franchise that usually starts with a head coach. So mm-hmm. remains to be seen. But I like what you said earlier, Jerk. That uh, look, he's he's proven himself to be pretty good defensive coach. Damn good on the with the PK guys. Uh, maybe he's like, look, okay, yeah, the head coaching thing, not for me, but I have, I clearly have some value. So. Right. Uh, Rudy Balsers. He uh, he's gonna be was that RFA? No, he he's under contract for oh, next year. He is under contract. Well, then why is he listed on here? <laughs> he'll be an R, he'll be an RFA after next year with the arbitration rights. So Ooh, Balsers' it. redemption season coming next year. <sighs> Love to see it. Uh, Going to have to make some choices on Barabanov. And right now, as Jerk has pointed out many times, Barabanov holds all the cards. Yep. Um, so let's move. Honestly, though, I look at and I look at this team. There's not really, in terms of like who's going to be a free agent, and I think with where the Sharks are, you can only really look this summer and the following summer kind of two years out. Mm-hmm. There's not really anything that sort of gives me pause or makes me nervous. The Timo Meyer deal extension, I'm a little nervous about because, like, if he comes in and scores 100 points next year, <laughs> oh man, the Sharks are, or he's going to be bending the Sharks over. Like, you, want, you talk- want that deal to get done this season, right? Yeah, I'd like him. I, I would, I would like. It would be nice if his, if he signed his extension before next year, because then you can avoid him scoring 100 points potentially, and and. Uh, commanding even more money. But aside from that, like, unless Balsers blows you up next year, I don't think that contract is going to be that big of a deal. Same thing, I know everybody is peeing their pants about Mario Ferraro, but, like, you know, 
that's not going to be that much at most, maybe 4 million bucks. That's pretty standard. You know, I, I, I would hope that nobody thinks he's getting the Darnell nurse treatment, <laughs> you know, no doubt. there's not really any pending contracts here that give me pause. I'll be honest with you. Like uh, hurdle was kind of the big one. Now there's not really anything there. Uh, for the 10 questions, it's uh, will any young players find another gear at the end of this, you know, as the season ends, it's kind of, Maybe we see a little bit more out of uh, Ryan Merkley. We, Hopefully, yeah. I mean, we've mentioned like it's seen. You know, he has his flubs here and there, but I wouldn't say he's regressing. Mm-mm. So I'm good with that. Maybe you uh, you see a little more of guys like Scott Reedy or uh, Jasper Weatherby. Maybe you give Shemalevsky a little more responsibility. See how he handles it. So. We'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, what kind of impression will Bordalo make with the Barracuda? Well, I guess it really doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many career bests will Reimer set? You know, is going to be career high in the NHL for starts. Uh, that's my MVP of the season, dude. James Reimer. Imagine yeah, imagine where this team is at without him. Dude, you you got Sachenko and 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 like Emond in there because Hill's injured, right? Dude, could you imagine? Uh, boy. Uh, then can Kacken, uh, Kacken, can Kacken in solidify his space for next season? I I certainly hope so, dude. I mean, you look at the way Reimer performed this year. Is that an outlier? Can he, you know, be a solid backup next year if 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 you go with Kakinen? And if that's the case, you know they're not going three goalies next season. So doesn't it look a little odd that you give up a second in Kozanash for a fifth in Hill? And then the next year you're like, Yeah, and so we're gonna get rid of Hill. <laughs> what do you do, man? It just I don't it, know. It's like not you a said, great look. I'm very again like 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 I mentioned earlier I'm very high on uh on Kakinen and I think the optics of giving up Hill less than a year after you paid a second round pick for him is not good. Yeah. Um and again and I'm also optimistic that Hill can be the goalie that he looked that we thought he was when he was healthy, right? And I think it just unfortunately because as you said he is the team MVP um this year the the tea leaves make it seem like Reimer is the odd person out. Um, I mean, clearly the most value. The only thing I can think is maybe, like, we don't really know a lot about Aiden Hill's injury. Like, what if it's, like, mm-hmm. super long-term? Yeah, that's obviously something that you need to uh, be concerned about. But I then I kind of roll it back is, for the, for the sake of argument, hypothetically, this offseason, what if the Sharks do trade Reimer to somebody for whatever whatever the haul – when I say haul, I mean, give me a break. You know, like maybe they trade him for a fourth, right? No way. Not that low. Third? Up. Maybe a second, you say? I think so. Okay, so maybe they trade him for a second, but there are going to be people that go, probably could have gotten a first if you'd done him at the deadline. Right, you but – the revisionist history, recency yeah. bias and all. And I think even then, like, trading Reimer is, I mean, 
who's to say if that's even if there's even really a market for that because um you know the 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 amount of teams that it would make sense for him to go to it's finite right you're thinking a team he's not going to a team that needs a goalie like he's got one year left right he's going to a team maybe they have a really young starter and mm. they need somebody behind him maybe the rangers you know mm. maybe <laughs> i don't know rangers maybe. would be a good move yeah you know i it's going to be something like that where he's he's a veteran backup behind a young starter and there aren't a lot of those situations out there like i don't yeah. see a team like edmonton who needs a goal a starting goalie of the future i don't see them being interested in a rhymer cuz he's got one year left true that uh, Ian pointing out goalies don't go for first even at the deadline. Well, I mean, also maybe, true. yeah, but maybe more than just a second. You know what I mean? I was going to say, like, I don't think, you know, I don't think it would, like, I could see it be, depending on the team, maybe it's a second and like an AHL goalie or something. Mm-hmm. Something some like sort that. of de- Yeah, some sort of depth piece. And I like Ian <laughs> asking, when does sports betting finally put an end to this cloak and dagger injury shit? <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah, because it, like, it, boy, man, in football, you have to, like, they shove a microscope up your ass. Oh, it's every so specific. Thir- yeah, uh, every Thursday when all that stuff's coming out, man, when they're laying down <laughs> those bets. So, Could you imagine, imagine that? Like, oh, you know, James Reimer's not playing tonight. Uh, he has a blister on his third toe on his right foot. <laughs> Dude. And a hangnail. <laughs> yeah. You have to say the finger. Or the toe. Yeah. You gotta be specific. So. <laughs> he, look, bumped his, he bumped his left funny bone on the locker door. Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks, minimum. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, th- there was some rumors swirling that we might see some shakeups at the uh, local, like NBCSN California and Bay Area, because there's already been some that have already happened. Like the uh, the Giants pregame and postgame already has like a new host, so evidently there's been talk about higher ups looking to reduce costs. I think what we're saying is is that look for Brody to uh, work pre and post for every team. In the Bay Area, <laughs> I mean, we'll, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say, look for Brody to join the podcast next year. <laughs> no, it's just like Brody's gonna do pregame for the Giants, the A's, the Warriors, the Sharks. He's doing it all. He is a man of many hats. Uh, if something happens with those uh, RSNs, though, we'll obviously get into it. But the, you know, for now, I'm like, I look at it, I'm like, ah, okay, more clickbait. Move on. And it's the same thing with the GM thing. Like you see a bajillion articles about 27 different hypothetical GMs. The Sharks were, I don't care. Just tell me who it is and then we'll talk about it. Right. Um, Look, the playoffs teams have essentially clinched. I mean, what? All the teams in the East, what? They uh, they clinched playoffs back by Christmas, right? I was going to say, like, in the East, in the East, we know the eight that are going to be in the playoffs. It's just a matter and, of who they're all going to play. Well, dude, and we've known this, since, like I said, like since Thanksgiving. Oh, it's, yeah, it's it's very, the Eastern Conference is very, this year anyway, it's very much haves and have-nots. Oh, so much of that. So, <laughs> I would, but I, and again, I still go back to, man, I, I really prefer one through eight, but... Have have you paid attention to what the NBA is doing this season? Yeah, they started doing a play in for the seven, eight, nine, and tenth place teams, right? Yeah. So when when do you think the NHL copies it? I mean, they copy everything else, and cer- certainly this is just an obvious money grab. Well, I think 
I don't know how much you want to get into it, but I think with how the NHL operates, it wouldn't surprise me if they choose to start doing it after maybe two or three years of like saying they're not going to do it every other week. Cause I feel like, I feel like <laughs> oh, so every it's like ma- the ads on the Jersey thing. Cool. Right. Well, I, I feel like every major change is preceded by like two years of total, like just <laughs> denial of it. You know, like the one, the one that always comes to mind is like, you know, like I think it was like less than two months before the Thrashers moved to Winnipeg. You know, you had people saying, "Oh well, <laughs> the NHL move. is you know the NHL is very optimistic about their partnership with Atlanta." And it's like, okay, yeah, you know, they, they were really optimistic about Arizona and uh, the Coyotes in Glendale too. How'd that roll? But uh, I also like I think there are some years like, and I don't know, like this would be a hell of a thing to try and get approved. But I almost wonder if if they do decide to do a play-in kind of deal, I almost wonder if it needs to be. Not every year, right? Like it should be. A... I can see it for special circumstances, like last season, or just even if it's like, like okay, you look at the Eastern Conference, you know, for example, seventh place, ninety-seven, eighth place, ninety-four. We're talking points. Ninth place, seventy-nine. Tenth place, seventy-six. That's not fair to the seventh and eighth place teams, right? I just because, but then you look at the Western Conference, you have. Nashville at 91, LA at 90, Vegas is at 87 and 9th, Vancouver's at 84 and 10th. I still don't think that's fair, but at least it's more justifiable, you know? Well, see, I, I just look at it that, it, first off, it's an obvious money grab. Oh, totally. It's, you know, to keep... Unless you have true parity. Yeah, but it, it's an obvious money grab to get more teams in there. But the thing that just makes me kind of lose my shit on this whole thing, it's like half of the league every year goes to the playoffs. Right. You don't need to increase this number. Well, especially because <laughs> like I, I can see it in baseball. You know, in baseball it was, you know, you got 30 teams and only four go to the playoffs. I mean, I like I could understand that. But you, when half the team already goes to the playoffs, get the hell out of here. And Ian bringing up this is the NHL won't do it because a big team would get knocked out in a best of five instead of seven, and the old guard would lose their shit. Can we talk, <laughs> can we talk about Montreal? <laughs> well, and uh, I just I don't know. I like it's it would have to be certain certain situations, right? Like maybe it's I, just I don't know. The, pan, go, the pandemic many... is a good example, but I don't know any other situations where it would be appropriate. Uh, well, or like another uh, truncated season, like twenty twelve. Right. You know, maybe if that happens, I could see it. But yeah, it's like maybe it's something you keep in your back pocket for a special occasion, but you don't go to it. It's but I'm worried since the NHL copies the NBA so much. I'm like, fuck, man, the NBA is going to do something with this. And it's they're going to the NHL is going to see all that extra revenue and start rubbing their hands together. And here we go. Hey, speaking of things that other sports do, I, I heard this earlier. I don't know where I heard this, but um, I heard this. I think it was today. Oh, I heard. Yeah, it was today. I heard this. So, and you would know this. You're a, a baseball person. Oh, um, you, watch, you know, I'm, I'm the, so not going to know this, but go ahead. So apparent, and I, apparently the <laughs> national league, was... the national league, and the whatever their other league, American League, I believe. Yes. They have each league, even though they're conferences. Each league has their own set of like awards. Yes. Sort of. Uh, I, I don't know that to be true, but go ahead. 
the point that this person was making is what it because of how good like everybody is in the NHL now. What are your thoughts on like an MVP for each conference, a best defenseman for each conference, a you know uh, best rookie yeah. for each conference? <clears throat> I, I don't know that I subscribe to the idea, but I thought it was interesting. I mean. I get what you're trying to like. Whoever's suggesting it's that, it's not me. <laughs> yeah, like, whoever's trying to suggest that, I, it just smacks a little too much of the whole everybody gets a trophy thing. Like yeah, we're, ju- yeah. we're just looking for more reasons to you know hand out trophies, and it's, no, you know, so it's the whole thing of like hanging a Pacific Division banner. Is that the reason why you came here? You know, you're the, you're the best defenseman in this particular. Co- well, who gives a shit? You know, I want to be the best defenseman in the league, you know? So, yeah, I hear something like that, and I I go, ooh, please, please no. But getting back to the playoffs for a second, did you – was this year kind of disappointing for you? Just, like, it's great to have fans back in the building. I get to that. But we've been used to, in the past, having, like, some pretty significant playoff races where you're, like, checking the scores every day going, oh, my God, it's so tight. And the East We have is, that in the West. Uh, not really a little bit like it's just kind of like uh let's see i mean it's literally what it's la and vegas that's it there's just what you know we're used to like three or four significant sure. things or like holy shit you know who's gonna like i guess if you're minnesota and st louis you're sitting there going holy crap who's gonna get home ice you yeah. know minnesota that's with a fair the, point yeah minnesota with the game in hand but one point back like that that could be interesting uh I don't know. I was just a little disappointed. Now, granted, am I just rubbed raw and just overall pissed off that this is the third year in a row I don't get to see the Sharks in the playoffs? I could have something to do with it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's been disappointing. You know, I think kind of like what I was talking before, and I think what what sort of precipitated the, you know, conference-specific awards was um, the fact that there are a lot of players who are – like I said, really good this year. And, and, and it's kind of like, you know, I don't think that the best, I don't think that the best player should be punished for being the best in a season where things are inflated. Right. But like Mm. you look at, you know, you look and, and the one I always keep going to is like the heart trophy race, you know, like there are, you could justifiably put maybe six or seven players in that heart trophy race. And I feel like even the, seventh best option i feel like if you dropped them into any other season of the last five years they would win you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's kind of just i don't know i i know that you you still have to pick the best but it just kind of feels like there's a lot of guys who would be the best if somebody else was not like even better than that you know what i mean like the the ceiling for what the best is has risen dramatically this year sure uh denton pointing out uh, yes, there is an American League MVP and NL MVP. Oh, look who knows things. Yeah, American League Cy Young, National League Cy Young. Yeah, I probably should have known that. I think if anything, it just points out to like, I like baseball, but I don't care enough about this. Well, <laughs> it's, and, and you know, we've talked about it on this podcast before. Baseball is stupid, so. Hey, hey, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so going on with like these things where like the play-in round or going back to one through eight or this being a disappointed season – uh, somebody on the athletic had the whole: Are you team loser point or team bonus point? Do you, do you need some some context? No, and I've been saying this for years. 
the NHL needs to go to the scoring system that the Olympics does. And for those who don't know what that is, what you're talking, I'm assuming oh. you're talking about points for an overtime loss. Yes. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. Well, just the whole, you know, do you call it a bonus point or do you call it, you know, a loser point or a charity point? Oh, see, I, 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 I don't even like that conversation. I'm in the conversation of like, let's bring the Olympic point system to the NHL. Yeah. You know, where you have, Three points for a regulation win, two points for an overtime win, one point for an overtime or shootout loss, and then zero points for regulation win. Like, kind of, I think... Zero points for a regulation win? Loss. Oh, okay, you said win. Oh, <laughs> what, I was bad. like, what? But point being is, like, I'm if you like if you make it to overtime or the shootout, like, you are still in the game past the time the game was supposed to end. So I'm okay with a point for an overtime or shootout loss. But at the same time, I think there should be an incentive. And we see this now. The tiebreaker was regulation overtime wins. Now it's regulation wins. I think there needs to be an incentive for winning in, in regulation as opposed to uh, overtime. Yeah. Well, I, my whole thing is... Look, but I still think it's okay to get a point for losing in overtime. Okay. I, I'm just a proponent of... Look, just make all the, all the games worth the same amount of points. <laughs> three points for a loss three points for a win <laughs> <laughs> no but you get what i'm saying i don't know if i do well no that if you win in regulation that game happened to be worth two points mm -hmm. if you lose in overtime that game happened to be worth three points two of them went to the other team you got one of them mm -hmm. you know it just it doesn't make me it doesn't make any sense oh to i me. see what you mean yeah I see what you mean. That, that yeah that this game three points were handed out but in this other game only two were like make it one or the other, or just, you know, go ahead and do your three-on-three -three gimmicky overtime and then do your real gimmicky shootout thing. Winner gets two points, loser gets nothing. Or make it what, like what you had said earlier, three points for a regulation win, loser gets nothing, and if you go to overtime, you know, however it ends, the the team that wins it, they get the two, the other team gets one. Anyway. Yeah, that's how they do it in the Olympics. As it should be. Uh, the other thing that, that I guess kind of went around this week, did you hear about Florida and Montreal like rolling five forwards on the power play? No, but I like it. <laughs> I mean, is this the start of something that we see or is this like just two teams coping with injuries? Because it's so weird that it's like literally the best team and the worst team in the East are, are doing this. I think it's something that we've seen before, but it's definitely a fringe sort of strategy like you very rarely see it uh let me ask you this have you donated any money to hartman this week uh no because number one i don't donate money to millionaires and number there two if I, and number two if i want to donate money to charity which i have i would donate it to the charity directly that's not to say that's not to say that ryan hartman is not going to give his money to the children's hospital like he says he is but <laughs> if i want to donate to charity i'm going to donate it Myself, I'm not going to go through somebody. Yeah, but you, you had to appreciate the story. I don't want to get into the whole thing because that's a... Oh, I thought it was a hilarious story. I, and yeah. I think, you know, I think, you know, whatever you believe with anything in life, I think the fact that everybody was sort of united over Evander Cannon getting flipped off, I think is really beautiful. <laughs> oh, man. The things that... The hills we die on. <laughs> uh, coming up this week, Again, we got seven left. When we talk with you again next time, we're going to be catching you up on four Sharks games. I won't be there. <laughs> okay. Who's this we? <laughs> <laughs> Who? 
so you will be getting caught up. Uh, you, <laughs> viewer, listener, will be getting caught up on four Sharks games against Columbus, St. Louis, Chicago, and Vegas. Remember, Chicago is fan appreciation game. Remember, Vegas is the jerk game. So if you're looking for the jerk bump, it'll be in Vegas. And we are holding auditions to sit in my chair next week. <laughs> oh, so look for a guest sub uh, that'll that'll be here for uh, jerks subbing in for him for our penultimate show. It will be another After Dark takeover, and which let's be Very honest, blessed to not be there. <laughs> yeah, because that's a what it's a seven thirty game, right? Seven, I believe. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Ian Ian going. He's gonna. I think he's gonna come in and just hashtag all me bitches. We're gonna see. We're gonna see if we can figure out how to change this little tag right here that says hockey jerk to Bumble F hockey. If 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 you've been paying attention to the other shows, but anyway, uh, how the dark horse is doing before we get out of here? Uh, Poorly. I mean, well, I mean, dude, Vancouver five game winning streak. It's like they just waited too long. It makes you wonder if the Canucks would be better positioned if they had just gone to Boudreaux a few weeks earlier, you know? I don't know. I think there's a lot of things with them where, and and I kind of said it all about year, talking about the personnel they have on the team. I, I feel like there's a couple different things they could have changed that would have drastically changed their season. As you said, firing the coach. But I think there's some players that they've shifted into different positions that have yielded positive results. And it just makes you wonder if they had done that sooner. Oh, dude. I mean, Elias Peterson looked fucking miserable in the first like quarter of the season. And now, yeah, and then they moved him to play wing. Yeah, and now he's like, hey, look at me, bitches. Yeah. I mean, I think, ultimately, I think he'll find his way back to center, but... You got to make changes when the situation dictates. You're right. Now, my LA Kings. Dude, taking a beating from <sighs> everybody. Dude, I can't. I can't. Every well, They've won their last game. Every <laughs> They beat Columbus. Dude, every podcast, every radio show, every TV show, every Dude, you're tweet, piling on, bro. Every Dude, everybody, we're talking about things that unite people. <laughs> Everybody is in agreement that LA that, needs to, to win. That L, that LA can't stop the bleeding, and that Vegas is just going to leap over them. Oh. Everybody is saying that. Well, look, I think I mentioned this last week, but LA has five games left. Three of those games are against Anaheim and Seattle. They gotta, they gotta, dude. If you can't pull that, uh, the other game versus Chicago. You got to take that one at home, by the way, at L.A., and then they finish it off at Vancouver. And you would hope by that point that they would just be on a five-game winning streak, that that Vancouver game, no, nope, don't, you know, keep it, don't need it. <laughs> right. Uh, whereas Vegas, they're going to play New Jersey tomorrow. You would think that would be a walk for them. And they're probably going to be pretty feisty because Edmonton just curb-stomped them Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Shut them out. So, I don't know. Are you going to see the the Vegas team that decimated Calgary early last week, or that got curb stomped by Edmonton? We'll see. But then they have to face Washington. Sharks get an opportunity to play spoiler. Then you got to go Jerk at bump. at Dallas. That's that's not going to be an easy game. 
but then they have to go at Chicago. Okay, that might be a walk, but like, okay, we can have them on the second of back-to-backs. Yeah, Chicago sounds good, but then they got to finish off against at St. Louis. And if St. Louis is still fighting with Minnesota for home ice, look out. Uh, just L.A., just stop making this a thing. Just do it already. <laughs> Sweep the fucking leg. <laughs> well, and, and you've you've been talking about it the last two weeks or so, but like because I'm obsessed. <clears throat> no, I know, but what I'm saying is like, you know, as I said, a lot of people are anticipating like because of L.A. has stubbed their toe so much that they're not going to recover, and Vegas is going to leap over them. In spite of all that, nobody is talking about as you have been the last two weeks, the strength of schedule between the two teams. Yeah, it's huge. 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 I mean, dude, so, I mean, L.A. has five games, only one of, no, none of these games are against anybody that's in a playoff position, right? But Vegas, Washington's uh, currently in a playoff spot, right? Yep, they're seventh. Okay, and then you have Dallas and you have St. Louis. So, that Dallas game is critical. Dude, that's what I'm saying. But they got six games. Half of them are against people that are or against teams that are playoff bound. It, it, it's kind of it's going to be an interesting way that it all shakes out because I think Vegas's schedule is harder. But I think you can also make the argument that Vegas is the better team. So sure. We'll see. And the the three games the next three games that Vegas plays, they're all at home, and then the next three for them are on the road. Whereas uh, L.A., let's be honest, a uh, an away game at Anaheim, not exactly something that's going to take it out of you. <laughs> yeah, not exactly an away game. <laughs> yeah, and then you get host Chicago, host Anaheim, and then you talk about like travel. L.A., after having three days off at Seattle, the next day at Vancouver, which distance-wise, not unlike L.A. to Anaheim. That's a, I was going to say, you. that's a, you know, if you catch a good wind, that's like a two and a half, two, two and a half hour flight. That's nothing. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the Vegas at Dallas, then they got to go up to Chicago then back down to, to St. Louis, a little, little more, a little more flight going on there. But uh, that's, that's the only thing I can hang my hat on. Like the, you know, with, uh, with the Sharks eliminated, I, I got to look for something. Something to root for. <laughs> and I think the hockey would just be a better place all around if if Vegas misses this year. So at the beginning of the year, we picked these teams as like, hey, this is our dark horse to make the playoffs. And for probably two-thirds of the season, it's looked like, wow, AJ was really smart. And wow, Jerk was not really smart. Imagine after it's all said and done, they both miss the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> well, then and it somehow, just comes down like, to record. No, but what? But right, but like, imagine. But that's what I'm saying. Imagine after it's all said and done, like, what if LA stubs their toe so much that, like, shut your whore mouth. Vancouver, even though Vancouver and LA both miss the playoffs, what if LA stubs their toe so much that Vancouver leapfrogs them? <laughs> that oh. would be like the <laughs> kick to the groin of the century. <laughs> dude, that would be like jerk forcing points from another level, dude. That'd be five D chess. <laughs> Holy crap. All right. Uh, so you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. Remember to leave your take in the comment section below of this YouTube video. If that's your platform you're watching us on, especially if you weren't able to watch us live, right? So famous last words for you, jerk, sir.
famous last words. The regular <laughs> we're, we're done, right? <laughs> yeah, the regular season is almost over. And I think that's something we should all be happy about. Um, dude, people come, dude, we usually start at seven. It's, it's quarter after now. People coming in going, what, what, what is this famous last word shit I just got here? <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, this is the shortest show ever. <laughs> no, I think, and, and again, maybe, the, you know, this sounds really cynical, right? But like the season is almost over and that's a good thing, you know, because it's mm. just not, it's another lost season, unfortunately. It's three three seasons in a row now where the sharks are going to miss the playoffs. And that was pretty clear months ago, but now that it's official, it's kind of like you can officially start to move on. And, and it is unfortunate, you know, like I know we talk about, you know, Oh, the sharks need to trade this player. They should have never signed this player, blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't know. It's kind of a tough thing to remind yourself, like, you know, Burns and Carlson and Couture and hurdle and, 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 you know, all these guys, Timo Meyer, like, when they signed their deals, it was like, yeah, you know, like we're just going to keep buzzing, making money, winning games. It's going to be awesome. And it's like, I, I am, I can't imagine what it must feel like to just, you know, we, everybody talks about like, man, the sharks are stuck with these guys. But like, I, I wonder if any of these players who are on big deals are like, man, I'm stuck on this shitty team. <laughs> I don't know. It makes, dude. You, it makes you think, dude, if you heard couture in the media call, I think it was yesterday. And after it it had come down that they were officially eliminated, he was just like, you know, I'm not getting any younger. This sucks. Right. You know, right. I'm kind of, ooh. Oh, and by the way, we were mentioning the uh, Capitals earlier as being on Vegas's schedule. Evidently, the uh, Capitals just locked in their uh, playoff berth. So Yeah, so the East is dialed. It's set. Yeah. <clears throat> so now for the East, it's just a matter of who is in what position kind of thing. But even that looks pretty set pretty sad you might you might have pittsburgh and washington flip-flop you might have tampa bay and boston flip-flop but other than that i mean it's pretty pretty clear yeah and we'll uh as we we usually do as part of wrapping up the entire season in a couple weeks uh we will be offering our uh lowly picks well, well so here's the thing so which is where jerk uh excels though I mean, you know, I try my best, yeah. but picking, here's the thing. Picking dark horses, not so much during the regular <laughs> season, but, but, but Stanley I'm Cup, very he, good, dude, I'm very he good shines. at picking the obvious choice. Yeah. Tampa here's, Bay, bitch. <laughs> here's, the thing, here's the thing to think about, though. So, obviously, you know, this week we've got Columbus, St. Louis, Chicago, Vegas to talk about, or um, I should say next week. But two weeks from now, you know, we have Anaheim, Edmonton, and Seattle to talk about in two weeks. But here's the thing. It's going to be more uh, about the season. Our show two weeks from tonight is on May 1st, and the playoffs start May 2nd, so we're going to have to bang out our predictions right then and there. I'm good with that. So probably, and I don't want to speak for you, but May 1st is probably going to be like talk about the games and then right into the playoff prediction because we talked about doing a separate show that's entirely a post-mortem on the Sharks. Well, we can uh, we can chop it up. Yeah, we'll see. Chop up both shows. What what time does that uh, last? Get? Oh no, we can. Oh, so there is no game in two Sundays. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So no, I feel starting. That's... We should start at five again, but then go to the normal end time. Yeah. Exactly. Did you, dude, a four, <laughs> four hour, hour show. fucking podcast? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Were those your famous last words? <laughs> yeah. That that I don't have anything else to say. All right. Uh. Yeah. So, same for me. It's again. Ian's gonna be uh, off next week. 
<sighs> I don't know what I'm going to do. No, Ian's going to be on next week. Jerk is not going to oh, be on next so, week. Oh, there you go. See, I'm already confused. <laughs> you know what, though? People seem to think we're the same person, so yeah, it's fine. And you know why? That comment from Bob, that's what threw me off. <laughs> it's gonna Shout be a, out to Bob. Yeah, it's gonna be another after dark takeover. So for those of you who set your clock for seven PM, we we we're happy about that. But it's gonna be a little later. A little later than that. We will get on as soon as Vegas and San Jose are finished. okay then. So with that, as always, remember to subscribe to us on the social media platform that you prefer. Same with whatever podcast app you catch us on. We would appreciate that. And again, leave a comment in this video. Uh, Ian loves chopping it up with people here on the YouTube. And yes, I meant Ian on that, not jerk. <laughs> he likes Glad. To, he, he likes to chop it up. No, it, 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 I, I think it is. So we, we've been doing a lot of the commenting lately, and it's, it's, it's been good, like good conversation. Yes. Ian will tell He assures you. Separate people. So uh, with that, we thank you so much for watching and taking part of show 160 here of the Pucknologists and After Dark Takeover again. And it's going to happen again next week. Good luck to all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you guys all had a very happy Easter. And we will see you all for 161 next week. Good night, everybody. Where is the button to end the show?